please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. They're laughing because I was recording something that I wasn't actually recording. So this is what I put up with trying to, I mean, I've been ready to do the Elder Law Report. It's two after 10. We ha we're not on yet. We're not on yet. And and this is this is where our crew is, okay? Not totally. Not totally? And they're all up here laughing, probably talking about me, okay? Look at what I did this morning. I, I got like a janky. Sonny, see it? It's your fault, Sonny. It's that coffee. You're, you're jerky. Yeah, I, I just pull up and I, no, I, no, I shaved like I tried to do a line, you know, and I got I got to get a better shower mirror because it was all fogged up, and I like I came down here and dipped down, so I got like a piece cut out of my beard. They have the shower, the mirrors that um, get rid of fog and have a light. And my, my mom got one for Christmas. They do. Yeah. Oh, well, I have one in my shower that's supposed to be fogless, but oddly enough, after you use it for a while. It's not fogless anymore. It's fog. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's smart. Useful oh, advice that's that you get. Mac that's why you're my office manager. Squirt your shower mirror with Rain X. Dude. All right, I'm calling Steph and she'll be able to take care of that. So you don't cut a Z in your front or your beard. What are you talking about? It's like a little tweezer thing and you just roll it and it pulls your beard. Like for people who have mustaches. You talking about like the Raleigh fingers? Like the picture he had of twirls in his mustache? No. There are girls that have... Women who have mustaches. Yeah. Because of hormones. It's a thing. Right. Okay. Right. It's like a little... Be I'll bring it in. It's like a little bitty thing and you roll it and you roll and it pulls the hair off. They do that. It hurts. They do that for Yeah. Or we can send them to... To the mall. Yeah. To the mall that's a lot. Yeah, that feels like the skin's burning. This is quite a different intro to our morning. I don't even know what any of this is about, but uh, you're surrounded by women. <laughs> a wife, four daughters, and four coworkers, five, six, seven. Okay, so I'm I've learned so much today. Thank you, thank you very much. Okay, we're gonna go. Let's go do the show. You ready? All right. So, hey, this is Greg McIntyre with the Elder Law Report. It is January 5th, 2018. Oh my gosh, I'm getting old. Uh, beats the alternative. And this is our first Elder Law Report of the year. And we wanted to come to you with a new thing that we are doing, which is putting out a new book called Hometown Heroes. And I wanted to showcase that and show that to you. Uh, and we'll, I'll edit in some graphics of the book and show you just how far it's come along, but I'll show you just right now. This is the, the cover. This is the completed cover, front, spine, and back that we have. And I'm very... Very proud of that cover. Very proud of the cover. You know, um, it's just, I like the design of the cover. And it's heroic stories from brave men and women with a bonus chapter on veterans' aid and attendance pension benefits. So, and it's a, it has a foreword 
from American Legion Post 82 Commander Evan Thompson. Okay, so and it's by me, um, VA certified and elder law attorney, um, and I'm very proud of this one. Uh, very proud of Saving the Farm. Also, the other book uh, that we've written on estate planning uh, benefits. Um, and other other issues with seniors uh, that they deal with with the legal maze of aging America. But this one specifically focuses on veteran stories. In fact, it has a multitude of veteran stories. Um, right now, it's sitting at about 273 pages long. Uh, so I think I need to do what uh, Stephen King and his writing process would call trimming the fat. I read a great book uh, one time by Stephen King uh, called own writing, O-N writing, okay? So it's a great book on Stephen King's writing process. And what he does is he just takes, um, he has a regimented writing process where he gets up early in the morning and he sits in this kind of attic-y office room that overlooks a yard and uh, with a window and he, he types, uh, you know, up uh, and just kind of vomits out, literally is what his, his language, out on paper, uh, all the ideas in his head toward a subject or toward the book and develops the characters and just kind of writes it as one run on process, getting it out of his head. And then he goes back and edits it, okay? And then he sends, he prints it and sends it out to five friends who are very good editors and sends them a pack of red pens and they mark it up and mail it back to him. And then... At, uh, after they finish that process, um, he's able to compile those edits, take those into consideration. Some he likes, some he doesn't, and he calls it trimming the fat. So he'll trim it down, this kind of bloated book, he'll trim it down uh, to something that's, that, that really gets rid of the unneeded content, and then he goes through it. Now this is all, he goes through it again and edits it. This is all before he sends it to an actual um uh, publisher who, who has a professional editor there who, who goes through it as well and negotiates what goes out or comes into the book. So he'll, you know, and if you can imagine, if you've seen King's book, some of them like the, the Dome, it's like over a thousand pages, I think. And you know, it took me a while to read that one. Um, but that's just par for the course for him. He has those ideas flowing, great on character development. This is not a fiction book. This is a nonfiction book. But on writing, I would recommend that for anybody who's an aspiring writer or wants to write. Uh, I dabble in it uh, from time to time, and I enjoy it. Uh, but uh, And I'm not putting out a, a Stephen King novel, but it's a great edit, uh, editing process that he has in there, and I do the same thing. I have a set list of friends and family that are great editors that I send it to before before it goes into the publishing process and I get it back and I send that pack of red pens. So that's what we'll be doing this month with Hometown Heroes. Hometown Heroes, we have the cover completed. That's actually my grandfather, J.C. Horn, on the front cover when he was in the Army in World War II. And he is the featured cover image. And this is the third book published by Shelby House Publishing. Okay, and we've got a fourth coming out uh, probably start uh, the publishing process. It's already written. We need to do the uh, kind of, there's a rough draft uh, called Rockstar Business that'll be coming out in February. And we have, a, there'll be a table of, con well, actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. Front cover image bio set.
description that tells all about uh, the front cover image, uh, where it was taken, who it was about. And then we have a foreword uh, by Evan Thompson, Post 82 American Legion Commander. And so that's the foreword. Then an introduction written by me. And then it starts with the stories, which are veteran stories based off interviews that I've done with a number of veterans over the last couple of years. Um, and also has pictures by them. We're, we've gotten most of the pictures in from everyone, but we're going to get the, we're getting captions for all those pictures because just like the front cover image is featured within the text, instead of just having the pictures at the end of the chapter or the story for that veteran, we want to tell a little about, bit about what that picture is and what it means and disperse it throughout the text in, in areas that make sense. So this one's on Jim the Tar Heel Terror Harden, who was a World War II and Korean War fighter pilot. And uh, Jim has some really good stories about being chased uh, you know, while in uh, North Korean territory and all, all these other, other things. Just all these stories from literal war heroes and other heroes, that, veteran heroes, who served in the military um, about their service. And all the stories are listed from oldest to newest, okay? When I say oldest, I mean uh, the veteran's service time. So when the veteran served, okay? So it would be listed from the time the veteran served. Uh, so Jim served first before anybody else, okay? And then it would go to the next one, which I think is my grandfather, and then it goes to, you know, down from there. So we have 20 plus veteran stories in there. And then there's also in the end, there's a chapter on veterans aid and attendance benefits. Veterans aid and attendance pension benefits. So veterans aid and attendance pension benefits, uh, I thought it was appropriate to put that in the book as well. And that's why on the cover, it says, uh, you know, with a bonus, chapter on Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Benefits. Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Benefits is a little-known benefit that, that almost 70 million veterans and their spouses, or spouse of a deceased veteran, are, are eligible for nationwide, okay, or worldwide, depending if they, you know, maybe they don't live in the States anymore, but are eligible for that based on their service, and they don't know it, okay, or don't take advantage of it. So Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Benefits is a benefit that is available to veterans, spouses of, vet, of veterans, or spouse of deceased veterans that uh, have been in the active duty military 90 consecutive days, one of those days during a wartime event, okay? And, you know, as laid forth by VA. And that's a pension benefit that can, uh, that can offer from approximately fourteen dollars to $34,000 per year, depending on the situation, uh, for a veteran. And a lot of times it's a veteran who might want, uh, you know, need some help at home a little bit. Could just be by family members from time to time um, or a spouse that's helping care for a veteran at home. Own up to assisted living or nursing home care. And it can absolutely help add needed income to a family 
also can help pay for assisted living or nursing home care, okay? Hey, hey, I thought hey, you'd hey. jump in the picture with well, me. Well, I, I was enjoying what you were saying. Yeah. This is, I, I'm not familiar with how you're putting this together in right. chronological order. But what about Jim? He was in World War II in Korea. How do you just go ahead and put him in the... Uh, the first, he's the first story because okay. he's, he was actually the first one. So it's dates of service is how we've listed all the stories from dates of service. So we didn't know how to favor veterans. And we didn't want to just say wartime veterans and, and, and non-wartime veterans. That's an important point because I... Whether you were in during wartime or not, you were part of, or if you were a fighter pilot, a a frontline machine, you know, guy with a machine gun in his hand, or if you were a cook on a ship or on a base, it doesn't matter. Or if you were serving on a base in the Midwest, okay, Air Force Base, you were part of the machine, the military machine. You signed up to give your life, okay, if necessary for this country. And you're part of what keeps this country safe. And that's very important. So we don't want to give deference or favor uh, one veteran over another. I just don't agree with that. Well, one so, of the things that you told me, which was enlightening, I, I should just, it should have occurred to me and thought the thing through, was that the Army is like a big city. Any, any job that is done in a town or Army a city. In, in any service. Yeah, any, any branch of service. Yeah, they, they have to have plumbers and carpenters and, you know, all types of workers. So you when I was actually, in the Navy, I have first-hand experience on that one. Right. But, but I assume that other bases are similar in that respect. Yeah, on every base, it is. It's, it is a city. It's a, you know, a functioning and base. And all yeah. of these processes. A ship, an yeah. aircraft carrier is the same way. You'll find great cooks on the aircraft carrier, um, even, you know, on the base, you have, you know, the Navy has CBs, which are kind of the engineering wing that builds everything, bases and forward bases and camps and, and everything else. You know, the Army would have similar uh, crews that built everything. So, uh, you know, we, we interviewed uh, Mark, is it Mark, Marty Mangiello? Yeah. And, he, you know, Marty went to school in the Navy. They sent him to hotel management training, right? Because they're, they're hotels. There are hotels uh, on the bases, and then training to cook as well. And he ended up ended up in the White House kitchen as the head chef, and at Camp David. Okay, um, both of those places during his service, cooking for multiple presidents throughout there. And he's now an owner of an inn, an historic inn. Yeah, sure. And sure. so that uh, the and now in the private world, he is cooking and managing his own bed and breakfast. Sure. Right? Cooking there and managing his own bed and breakfast. So. So yeah, I mean, you know, so it showed a lot of that, a lot of the value, it's a good point, a lot of the value you, you get that I get from the stories, whether it's wartime or non-wartime veterans, is uh, how the military instilled in them work ethic, also training that carried over into their private civilian lives and helped them succeed there too and gave them so much to, to succeed with. I assume I'm like a lot of people, not ever giving that much thought. But if you're hiring someone and you want experience, that's hands-on, you know, active experience. So that makes, to me, sense to interview veterans for jobs. Oh, yeah. I mean, electronics jobs, things like that. I mean, you know, electricians. You think about it. I mean, you know, coming out, you, you know, you have uh, great training. And no place better in the world that will give young people a ton of responsibility and just throw you... Mm -hmm throw you to the wolves, literally. I mean, you got 
uh, people with experience there to help you, but they will get they will delegate a ton of responsibility to a young person. Then in the private sector, you would never think about handing off these responsibilities to young people, okay, to really young people. But they do it, and they do it well. You know, they have a system that, that works. So so when, when you have that responsibility placed on your shoulders, it forces you to either perform or or not, right? Crack or perform and learn and move forward. So. And the crack was not always good if you didn't perform the duties. You know, it, it there are there systems in places. There are yeah. consequences if you don't perform your duties. Absolutely, that's very true. It's, this has really been amazing to me. Uh, just reading some of these things and sure. uh, just listening to some of the interviews, and now collecting captions, talking to them about what each photograph meant. Right. So I, I really enjoyed this. I can't wait till the book's done. Mm -hmm. I really can't wait. Yeah, I mean, we're close. We're close. We've got uh, we're about two hundred seventy-three pages right now. And if we do other interviews, we talked about doing a few other interviews. We'll talk about that after the show. Sure. But uh, if we do other interviews and it will balloon to more than that, we'll have to cut it down. So, you know, I want it to come in to around the same size of Saving the Farm. And Saving the Farm is about 200 pages. 193. Saving the Farm is 193. Okay. 193. And it's going to be hard to cut because everybody's story is so individual and they're points yeah. in each story that you don't want to lose as part of the well as you add in pictures picture. it, it lengthens it as you know I've added some things in that have lengthened it not meaning to but I think it's important I also want to give nice color copies to the families of everybody that was interviewed right and I think that'll be a nice piece for the family also oh, yeah. so so I'm very proud I'm excited about this coming out okay and I can't wait for you to get your copy and I uh, have a nice uh updated chapter, okay, with new figures um, for 2018 on Veterans Aid and Attendance Pension Benefits, um, and that I think will really help uh, give information and break down what those benefits are and how to apply for them, and also another project of mine this year that we need to talk about in the next hour off camera is I want to update Saving the Farm. We're going to redesign the cover and also update all the numbers in the book and just update it. I've got to go from beginning to end. That'll be my new project, okay? So. I love this book. Yeah. I can't even think about changing it, but. Yeah, yeah, I, gonna, yeah, I want to update it. I want to you know, keep, keep updating it every couple of years because laws change and the numbers change. So, so anyway. And one thing you mentioned about in attendance, there are some people who have come to us who have been denied and you have been able to work with them and work with VA. That's true. And, and, yeah. and, and create a plan to, uh, maybe help them well, I mean, that's, the you know, that's, that's really where I do my work as the attorney. Yeah. Okay? That's where my work is justified and done, is, is, is the legal work and the maneuvering uh, under the rules to show VA that, that they are truly qualified, um, rather than just saying, you know, these are the limits and we don't need it, right? And we turn around and give up, right? That's like saying, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, I've got to run a mile and I just can't do it. So I give up, right? Mm -hmm. However, if you, uh, it, you know, if you trained a little bit, or if we did a little bit over here, you know, or moves, you know, mm -hmm. changed a little something, then you know, you could get that, you could achieve that goal, right? Yeah. And that's just an example. So, so, uh, uh, you know, there's many things, you know, you can tweak, or there's a roadblock on the road. So, so I just can't do that. You I give just up. Stop. Right. You just stop and turn around and go home. You turn around and go home, right? Well, I have the bulldozer that can come in and move that rock, right? There's a solution there. 
We right. solve those problems. And you work with yeah. the, the um, Veterans Administration and people like that all the time. We do, we do. So. And that's who we, mm -hmm. I mean, well, I'm a veterans, I'm a certified attorney through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. Mm -hmm. So I not only work with them, I'm certified by them. Okay. And that's where the application is put in. So we have to work with them. And that's what we do, yeah. So, so yeah, so thank you, Hayden. And this has been the Elder Law Report uh, this morning uh, for uh, McIntyre Elder Law. And uh, I'm Greg McIntyre, Lawyer Greg, the Elder Law Guy. I'm Hayden Soloway. I'm, I'm for Greg. She's Batman, Hayden Soloway, and I'm Robin, okay? No, no, I'm not huh? driving the car. Yeah, you drive you know the car. My history with you cars. drive the car. I'll be Robin. I'll wear the tights. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Have a nice day, and I'll see you. I'll see you next week, same time, same bat channel, um, 10 a.m. on Friday. And I guess it'll be January 12th then. Oh my gosh, time's flying. All right. Holy Bye. January, Batman. Holy it's cow. Fast. Life is busy, we all know. We put off planning till things get slow. Tomorrow's never promised today. Don't get too busy and let it all slip away. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. Foundational planning or more complex. We can help when you're perplexed. If a loved one needs long-term care, we can help avoid some of the scare. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre Elder Law. State planning benefits and even probate. We take the planning piece off your plate. If you or your spouse were in the military, we can help with benefits for your family. Please don't wait till it's too late. Call McIntyre 